Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. In the world of sports, the offseason is a time to relax and regroup after a hard-fought season. But playing with MyBookie gives you the choice to decide when your season begins and ends. At MyBookie.ag, you can bet on hundreds of games and leagues from around the world. Whether it's a game day, Panther parlay, or a long shot winner, MyBookie's got you covered. Use pregame props or bet the game live to shift the odds in your favor and always come out on top. Not only does MyBookie host exclusive sports betting contests you can't find with any other book, but also the bonuses are insane. Crazy, even. Crazy. Insane. All of those words. All those great adjectives. You sign up today with MyBookie.aj. Use our promo code. Absolute and You'll receive up to $1,000 in bonus money when you make your first deposit. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie insane absolute sports betting degeneracy hey everybody arch here and it is friday after the daily show which can only mean i guess we're talking ufc what's going on james <laughs> this is starting to become a, a regular occurrence isn't it the typical friday shows we've now moved on well we moved on from the friday to thursday and now we're coming back to friday but now i'm all good mate how about yourself can't complain how's the job hunt coming uh, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's going all right, thank you. I mean, a lot of places are starting to open up now, and I've been speaking to a couple of contacts in that field, and they said that I think this month, um, you know, May, June, July are going to be very quiet because the Olympics are on. They're going to be focusing on various other stuff, but now, come August, September, after the Olympics, as soon as the Premier League starts, there'll be a lot more opportunities opening up. So I'm just going to keep my eye on things, and until then, I'm going to look for like a summer job, if you will, just to try and get some money in. But yeah, it's going all right so far. Thank you. Good, good. How big is the Olympics in England? Do you guys really give a shit? Uh, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't personally. Like, I think the only time I was like too invested in it was um, London 2012 for obvious reasons. You know, like we hosted yeah. the Olympics and behind the World Cup, it's probably the, the biggest sporting competition in the world. So if your country hosts it, of course you're going to watch it. But since then, I haven't really taken too much interest in it. I mean, <laughs> you know, I couldn't really give a damn about uh, Rio. And then this year, I haven't. I think COVID's definitely overshadowed the whole competition, if I'm going to be honest with you, because uh, we haven't had many fans in the arena. And uh, I mean, <laughs> it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because Tokyo 
from from England anyway, the time zone is is hugely immense. Like you you having to stay up to about three two three in the morning just to watch an event. I mean, unless your your child's competing that event, you don't really have the determination and the willingness to stay up. So, I I mean, I'm not speaking on behalf of the entire country because I'm sure that's not the case. But from my sort of standpoint. I really couldn't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Olympics is so fascinating. It seems to appeal more to the casual sports fan than the hardcore sports fan. Th- that's my read on it. Yeah, no, no, a hundred percent. Obviously, because it's got that sort of glowing that history in terms of like how long it's been going on for, and you've got the casual sports fans. They're going to take a real interest in it. Whereas you've got the hardcore sports fans. It's it's kind of a a mockery of your sport in a way, if you know what I mean, because you know, you could have some, and from, from the football standpoint, I'm a big football fan and you see the Olympic football teams and all that. I'm just, you know, it's a bit of a laughing stock, but I think today I watched a little, it's probably the first event I watched today. And it was only about five minutes. I think it was the team GB got knocked out by the Aussies in extra time in the football. But other than that, I literally not watched anything. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think, the, the true hardcore fans will stick to their individual sports. You know, when everyone, all the nations come together to compete in one event, yeah. I don't think really catches the eye of many, if I'm going to be honest, unless you're right, the casual fans will probably take an interest in it. Yeah. That's just my read on the situation. I don't know. And I appreciate any organization, <laughs> any organization in the world that FIFA can look at and say, God damn, you're corrupt. So <laughs> yeah, the goddamn FIFA. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're here to talk about <laughs> UFC, and let me tell you, this yeah, is this is a card and a half right here, boy. We were complaining about last weekend's card, and I think Dana White must have listened to the podcast and delivered us an even better card this weekend because <laughs> I'm trying to pick up my jaw right now. I mean, I'm looking at the card; it's just unbelievably stats, honestly. <laughs> now, fair play, to Dana, for coming up clutch with this one, but now, in, in all seriousness, I mean. Okay, fair enough with last weekend's main event. You know, the winner was going to probably get a title shot uh, against either Piotr or Aljamain Sterling. But this weekend, ultimately, the winner of this fight <laughs> fights Derek Brunson next. <laughs> and I mean, that's not really anything to go by. I mean, you look at Derek Brunson right now, he's just that sort of certified middleweight contender. He's like a bit of a gatekeeper to the top five. I mean, don't get me wrong. Derek Brunson's done well in recent times, but he's not going to be challenging for the title anytime soon. So this weekend's main event just does not appeal to me whatsoever. And I know last weekend, uh, yeah, the main event, but you can sort of pick out a couple of fights on the undercard and on the, on the rest of the main card whereby you think, you know, that could be like a low-key banging. Like, you look at the Yarnes fight last week, for as long as that lasted, that was a true scrap. But this weekend, you know, I'm scrolling through the card right now. There's just no real standout fight that I'm like, thoroughly looking forward to. Um, and personally, it's probably one of the worst fight night cards this year, if I'm going to be honest with you. But... You know, we've got to cover it. We've got to give our picks because there are people out there who want to stick some money on it. So yeah. here we are. <laughs> I'm still going to stick some money on this card. Make oh, yeah. no mistake about it. All right. So we sold the hell out of this card. So <laughs> buckle up, everybody, and, and let's let's get to it. All right. Main event. Who do you got? What do you like? Main event, obviously, it's between Uriah Hall and Sean Strickland. And I mean, to be honest with you, Uriah Hall, I mean, we couldn't, you know, we learned nothing from his last fight because obviously that was with... Um, Chris Weidman, well, I don't know if you remember about two months ago when they fought, Chris Weidman broke his leg within like 17 seconds after throwing a leg kick. So, you know, Uriah Hall got the win on that one. But before that, we saw him in his, I think it was his first main event against Anderson Silva, whereby he won. Looked thoroughly impressive in that one. 
and you look at you again, your eye hole is on the four fight win streak, I believe, at the top of my head. And as is Sean Strickland, he's coming off of that win a couple of months ago against Christoph Yukto. So this will probably be his biggest challenge of his career for Sean Strickland because I think this is his first main event against a, a top 10 contender in Uriah Hall and he'll want to look to, to he wants to sort of put on a performance for Dana White Sean Shelby just to sort of say look I'm here you know this is my first main event in the, in the UFC I'm going to put on a spectacle and I want to burst my way up in the rankings but uh, again, on paper, there's not many secrets with Hall. I mean, he's a pure striker at heart who has those heavy hands, and he does have that one punch knockout potential. He tends to mix in those leg kicks well and with the knees, and he's just an impressive athlete who can be a bit unpredictable on his feet rather than being a bit accurate with his shots. He's also, like I said, one strike away from completely turn the fight around you know if he's in the five round main event he could be four rounds down but have that one punch knockout power to to seal the deal in the fifth round so I mean I'm guessing that's you know that's the reason why people watch your right hole because in an instant he can change the fight he's got a blue belt on BJJ and you know he's got a solid ground and pound attack but on the other side you know Hall has been knocked out on four of his nine career losses but personally I can't see him getting knocked out this weekend with Sean Strickland again he's on a roll himself uh, with Sean Strickland I mean the chance for victory on this one is just to sort of try and frustrate Uriah Hall like I said with Uriah Hall his, his takedown defence is great and Sean Strickland's bread and butter is his takedown and how he can sort of control proceedings on top and you know that's that's a key to victory for Sean Strickland in this one in my opinion if he gets Uriah Hall down he'll probably frustrate Uriah for for, 20, for the full 25 minutes um, like I said in terms of his takedown defence as well He's phenomenal, but if I'm going to be honest with you, I don't see Uriah Hall initiating in the ground game. He'll want to keep the fight standing and try and pick him apart on the feet. When you look at the fight, I think Sean Strickland is a moderate favourite here, and fair enough, and rightly so, because he's been on a roll over the last few, well, over the last year or so, and we haven't really learnt much in Uriah Hall's last performance, and he'll have the considerable edge on the ground here. But I think overall, Hall is the more accurate striker and he has a power edge and he's fought in the main event before so he knows what the stakes are like and, and if I'm going to be honest with you I'm, I'm leaning towards oh I say leaning towards I'm going to bet Uriah Hall on this Whoa. one I'm going to go for the underdog by a fourth round TK I think he has the ability to finish Sean Shukland at any given opportunity he will probably get frustrated within the first two rounds but he'll keep composed and he'll keep chopping away and eventually he'll land that clean shot that'll knock Sean Shukland out so I'm going to go for Uriah Hall in the fourth Man, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm blown away. I was ready. I was loading up for you to take Sean Strickland. Nope. I've got back the underdog in this one. Mm. I'm just, yeah. It, and I know that's probably surprised you a lot. It double surprised me because if we get into the way back, <laughs> if we get into the way back machine and go back to April, mm. all three of us, one, two, three, were all on Chris Weidman to win the fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. I, I thought for sure you'd think. Oh, man, I, I really thought you bet Sean Strickland. That's cool. I, I, I'm leaning Sean Strickland. I can't bet this one. I'm not no. quite getting the value I want with Sean Strickland, but I do think Strickland wins the fight. So, but I'm not. So I'm not going to touch it. I'm leaning no. Strickland. Hell of a call. And it's too bad. It's too bad that uh, you know, Weidman McGregored himself. <laughs> is that a thing, though? Is it? I think we're going <laughs> to McGregor himself. That. Yep. Yep. <laughs> God's sake. Okay. You really don't like the bloke. <laughs> After that last tweet that he deleted, no, I, I totally agree. That was bitch move, man. Bitch move. Sheer scum. He's just trying to stay relevant now, and there's ways of doing it. And obviously, that way is just totally against everything. There's, 
Yeah, there's some athletes who ride off into the sunset with dignity. It looks like yeah. Con- Connor's not going to be that guy. <laughs> oh, no, 100%. Like, you look at mixed martial arts, you know, in terms of the respect between opponents, that sort of epitomizes the sport of mixed martial yeah. arts. And he goes against everything that MMA is all about. And I think he's losing a lot of fans, if I'm going to be honest with you, with this recent tweet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you don't tweet at the guy who absolutely owns you too. So, <laughs> oh no, hundred percent. No, again, like you said in your words, that is also a bitch move from him. Oh boy! All right, <laughs> next fight. What do you got? The next fight I've got is the co-main event between Chung Ho Khan versus Rani Yaha. Um, again, in this one, uh, it's not really a stand-up fight on paper. When you look at Rani's the more experienced guys. Fought nearly 40 professional bouts under his belt and uh, Ho Khan as well. He's very experienced. He's 33 years of age, so he's been there and done it. And for a bantamweight as well, he's very big. He's five foot nine with a, a significant reach advantage over Rani, 73 inches. So that's probably going to be the key to victory for Cunio Khan in this one. But I'm probably going to bet Rani Yan in this one. Yan, this one, I think personally, his ground game is just going to be too much. And I know with Cunio Han he's probably going to use his lengthy reach and high advantage to try and keep the fight standing. He's got a good background in Taekwondo and he's a blue belt in BJJ. And he, he is a good grappler himself. I think personally, when you look at Jun Yo Khan in terms of his last couple of fights, but personally, I think when you're looking at the grappling exchange, I think Rani Yaya is going to probably get the best out of Ho Khan in this one. As I said, with Rani, there's no surprises with him in the octagon. You know, it's his grappling and his submission and his wrestling skills that are completely well documented when you look at his previous fights. And he just wasted no time trying to get the the fights to the ground. I mean, I think he's got at the top of my head, he's got 21 submissions under his belt. And as I said, right from the get-go, he's going to look to try and clinch and try and shoot and try and get the fight to the floor immediately as possible because, again, he doesn't want to be standing and trading on the feet. He's a black belt in BJJ and and black belt and Muay Thai as well. And he's got various other gold medals and submission wrestling tournaments. And again, that's a clear path to victory on this one. Personally, I think Hugh Young-Han is probably the bigger fighter, as I said, and I think he's probably more of the polished striker out of the two on the feet. And you can understand why he is a slight favorite in this one. But personally, there could be, I, I'm, I'm a believer in ring rust and Junior Khan hasn't fought in just over a year, I believe. And I'm not ruling him out, but I think if there was somebody to get the finish this weekend, I think it's going to be Rani Yaya. I think, again, all fight, you know, every time you go in and the first bell goes, it's standing. And as I said, Kyung Yo Khan has the, the advantage in the striking departments. But personally, eventually Rani Yaya will get the fight to the floor wherever he wants and just sort of control proceedings and frustrate Kyung. So I'm probably going to go for a Yaya via second round submission. I just think his world-class attributes on the ground is going to get the job done in this one. And he knows how to finish the fights on the floor. I love it. I love it. I agree with you 100%. Almost every every step of the way, I agree with you. I do think Rani Yaya, slight, slight underdog, is he coming mm. in like plus 102 right around there? So very mm. slight underdog. I, I love it. I do think he wins. I do think he can take care of Kang. Kyung Ho Kang. To say his full name. I, I can never remember which one's first last name. Um, but I'm, I'm just, I, Yeah, I was just going off topology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I think Rani Yaya wins. I'm saying Yaya. And I agree. I think it's a submission. And looking at the fight times, I was kind of thinking, eh, if it goes the way he wants, this is probably a mm. second round submission for Yaya. But again, no, totally. enough value, plus one or two, just to bet Yaya to win the fight. All right. Wow. Look at that. 
Agreed. Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJs. Proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, Anywhere, use the promo code DGENS to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. What are we going to disagree on this fight? What do you got up next? <laughs> the next fight I've got is Brian Barbarina versus Jason Witt. And um, you look at both men, Barbarina's best win is probably Riley Alvarez. For Witt, it's probably Cole Williams. And in his last fight, Barbarina returns the win column, whereas Witt came up short. And I think the, the big aspect of this fight and how these two match up is the traditional striker versus grappler matchup. Now for Jason Wick, can he force a takedown and get the fight to the floor? If he can't, then he's probably going to struggle on the feet for me personally. I think Barbarino is a pure striker and I personally believe, you know, if he can keep the fight standing and try and sort of keep the fight out of range in terms of Jason Wick, if he can sort of initiate the standard procedures and not try and get caught up against the fence. And if Jason Witt shoots and gets the fight to the floor, then it could be a pretty clear cut submission win for Jason Witt in this one. I think he he has he is a bit susceptible off his back Brian Barbarena, but I think if Barbarena, as I say, can keep the fight standing, he's the more proven and the more powerful man he is likely to to, to punish Jason Witt in terms of his effort and in terms of his strike and his pure power. I'm looking forward to to seeing whether or not Barbarina can manage to land those successful quality shots. And Witt's durability is in question. I know he's at the top of my head. I think he's suffering a knockout loss in his last bout to Matt Schmelzberger. So again, his durability is in question here, whether or not he can survive those consistent shots and there's that constant pressure from his opponent. If Barbarina can just sort of control proceedings early on, maybe sort of clip him in the first. I think we'll see Brian Barbarina manage to put him away in the second, but I'm betting Brian Barbarina by a second round TKO on this one. I truly believe he'll get the finish. There's another one we agree on step for step. <laughs> yeah, I agree with this 100%. I think Brian's going to take care of business. He's minus 272, which is pretty chalky, mm. but I still, have, I still have Brian covering by enough that it doesn't matter. I'm still going to lay the 272 to win 100 because I think there's enough value there with Brian. So... I agree with you, and uh, TKO seems like the most likely path, and I guess I'll f- lean with you on the second, too. 
Yeah, it's got to be done, mate. Right. It's got to be done. You got to do it's gotta it. It's got to be. <laughs> All right. What else you got? Next up, I've got, I think this is my final fight. I've got somewhere that's Danny Chavez versus Kai Kamaka. And originally, Danny Chavez was supposed to fight Duhu Choi, I believe, at the top mad. Unfortunately, Duhu Choi was forced to rule out, pull out with an injury and upsets Kai Kamaka on short, on short notice. And fair play to Kai Kamaka, he just shows he loves to scrap and he loves to consistently fight. Now, you know, throughout the last year or so, when it comes to me coming on your podcast and your shows, I tend to sort of back the fighter who's had that the more training and whoever's stepping on a short notice has not got a chance. However, in this circumstance, I'm probably going to bet Kai Kamaka on this one. Mm. It's going to be razor thin though. I think it's going to be very close. Uh, I just, I've, I, like I said, I've only got Kai Kamaka by hair. Like Chavez is too willing to sort of to see the ground and, and he's too ineffective off his back for my liking. Kai Kamaka at least has got some durability to survive Chavez's punching and his striking and his leaky defence lets through and I think in the end Kai Kamaka sort of grits out a razor-thin decision just because of his ability on the mat and I just think his strength of his top control will get the job done and I don't think he'll get the finish in this one. I think it'll just be a it won't be one of those jaw-dropping fights whereby it's sort of end-to-end for the full 15 minutes. I think it'll just be a bit of a dull fight because, as I alluded to earlier, Kai Kamaka is stepping in on short notice. And this is a big fight for Kai Kamaka because he came into the UFC with big hype around him. And I believe at the top of my head, he won his debut against Tony Kelly by a decision. Unfortunately, since then, it hasn't really gone his way. He's lost to, to Jonathan Pierce and TJ Brown, both by a decision. Uh, excuse me, sorry the fight with TJ Bellman's decision, Jonathan Pierce was fired from a knockout. So this is a big fight for Kai Kamaka. As I said, he had a lot of hype going into the UFC and coming off of two defeats, he really needs to get the win this weekend. And I think he will try and do whatever he can to grind out the decision win. It's not going to be pretty, but I'm going to go for Kai Kamaka via decision. I think it'll be a split decision either, either way. Oh, man. So it's going, to be, <laughs> it's going to be the closest of close fights. 100%. I think it really will be a close fight because, as I said, Kai Kamaka is stepping in short notice. Uh, Danny Chavez hasn't had time to sort of prepare for Kai, just to sort of figure out his game. And as I said, he's been planning for dual joy for, for most of his um, preparation. So to change last minute against Kai Kamaka is going to be a tough ask for Danny. It's going to be a tough ask. And this is razor thin. I mean, Kai Kamaka mm. is minus 112. Danny's minus 102. Or they're minus 115 both sides. It's tough, tough. This is really thin. I couldn't come to a side on this one. I would lean Kai, but I'm not going to bet this one. But I think if your no. decision hits, that's going to cash pretty well. Mm. Yeah, no. If I was a betting man, I'd probably stay off this fight. It's just too risky. <laughs> but you are betting it. I am betting it. <laughs> All right. Be many way There's a couple fights I wanted to look at here because that, that's it for you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Colin Anglin versus Melsic. Mm-hmm. Mel- Versus Melsic. Melsic is minus 141 or thereabouts, and Colin is plus 122. I know you're going to disagree with me on this fight because we talked about it before, but I do think Melsic is going to take care of business. I think he's going to take down Colin pretty handily. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. I'm going to go Melsic by decision here. But uh, even at the minus 141, I'm not overly concerned. I'm still going to bet him, just the money line, and I'm leaning the decision. Tell me why I'm wrong. If I'm going to be honest with you, it really is a close one to call, to be honest. I think going into this fight, I think Melsic is a slight, slight favourite. 
I'm probably leaning off of Colin Anglin a bit more because he's got that more experience. And they're, they're both men that are coming in through the contender series. I think Melsic won about 10 months ago by a decision. And, and the same goes for Colin. They both won by a decision through the contender series. And again, it's a, a clash up in real two top prospects in the featherweight division who will probably be both looking to sort of burst their way up into contention and to impress Dana White. It's a big fight because you, you want to sort of be a bit cautious in your approach because, as I said, this is your first fight in the UFC. You want to impress the boss and you don't want to sort of slip up in any way because I'm sure either opponent is capable of finishing the fight. Whereas you look at Colin prior to the decision win in the contender series, he had literally knockouts galore leading up to the contender series. And the same goes for Melsic, I think, but apart from his uh, decision win over Dennis Musukia, uh, by decision the four out of his last fights before that would come via a form of knockout so again both men know how to get the fight done and how to finish fights but I think going into this one they're both very similar in terms of their height and their reach and they're both just going to be a bit a bit cautious in their approach and I think personally I'm probably going to lean towards the more experienced fighter in Colin Anglin by decision on this one but it's going to be a real close fight and it is tough to call and I'm, as I said I'm leaning towards Colin I'm not confident in that decision but okay. like I said, you've got to give a prediction. I'm going to go for Colin. But you know, you don't want to bet this one. You want to just... No, 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 no. Yeah. All right. Uh, two lottery tickets real quick, and then we'll close with uh, the, the, the most one-sided fight of the card. <laughs> Ronnie Lawrence is fighting Trevin Jones. Trevin Jones is plus 129. Ronnie Lawrence is minus 149. I think there's a lot of value on Trevin Jones. I think he actually has a, a pretty decent chance to win the fight. So I'm catching him with a plus line, plus 129. So I definitely want to bet Trevin Jones uh, money line to win, and uh, I don't know. I'll say uh, I'll say decision. So you're back in Trevin Jones, yeah. Trevin Jones, uh, yeah. I think going into this one, Ronnie Lawrence is the slight, and I mean the slight favorite. Going into this one is real close to call. I think with Trevin Jones, he's got the more experience, and uh, I think Ronnie Lawrence has only fought once in the the UFC, whereby. Uh, Trevin Jones has got a couple of fights under his belt and I just think with that experience he's got inside the Octagon and inside the UFC I just think he has the, the quality and the attributes to get the job done I think he'll be I'm going to go for a, a second round TK here because I think with Trevin Jones when it comes to his ground and pound and his submission game it's it strong and he also has the power and I think his ground game if he can't get the submission then he'll probably get the ground and pound TKO so I'm only going to go for a TKO in Trevin Jones's favour via second round there you go. Wow. Agree with me. You're taking a lot of underdogs today. I, I don't know what's with me. I mean, yeah. I'm, never, I'm always playing it safe and backing the favorite, but probably right. because it's not the best of cards. It could be. You know, could just, be. just spout a load of crap and <laughs> just go for the underdogs. All right. Another little underdog for you to take, but I don't mm. think you will. Orion Koski is facing Philip Rowe. Orion is minus 145. Philip is uh, plus 127. This is another shot where I see there's enough value on Philip Rowe. I think he's got enough of a chance to win the fight to bet him with the plus line. He's plus 127. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bet Philip Rowe. Uh, fuck, I don't know. Uh, decision. Decision. <sighs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm disagreeing with you on this one. I'm going to go for an Orion Kosk. By a, uh, I think he will finish the fight. If I'm going to be honest, I think he gets it done in the third round. I just think he's going to put immense pressure on Rhodes just to try and get the finish late on. And Kosk has shown that he's got the ability to, although he hasn't fought in the UFC yet, he's just sort of proven 
that he has the ability to last a full 15 minutes. He's got the cardio there. And he's just like, I think he's just like favorite for a reason. I know he hasn't fought in the UFC. Philip Rowe's got that coming off that loss to Gabe Green by decision, where he's got Oren Kost. He impressed in the UFC contender series, whereby he finished Matt Dixon via ground and pound. And he's literally got in his seven professional fights so far, he's seven and zero. He's got finishes galore, and he, he's proven that he can finish the fight wherever, whether it be on the feet or on the floor. So, again, if he can get the job done by Philip Rowe on this one, he'll probably sort of look to burst his way up the rankings and you know look to put on a real show. He's twenty-seven years of age. I'm looking forward to seeing Orion Cost this weekend. I think he will get it done by a third round TKO. I've got to bat the the UFC newbie on this one. All right, you gonna bet that one? Mm-hmm. All right, got, got got you locked in. All right, last one, most dominant fight of the night, at least I think. I mean, and, and yeah. Vegas agrees. Just, yeah, this is the chalkiest fight. Rafa Garcia is fighting Chris uh, Goody Maker, Bruda. Maker. Oh, who the fuck cares? It doesn't matter. You don't need Chris to. Know. Yeah, you don't need to know his name because Rafa Garcia. <laughs> yeah, Rafa Garcia is going to come in. He's absolutely going to dominate. It is the chalkiest fight on the night for the reason, because good mm. God, it, looks, it just looks to be the most one-sided fight of the whole night. Uh, at the minus 309, I, I'm going to lay that to win 100, because I don't think Rafa has a chance of losing this one, really. Um, I'm going to go decision. I, 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 mm. I fear it's going to end early, because Chris, Chris's fight time's not that good, but Rafa <laughs> is 15 minutes. That's his average fight time right now. Obviously, not a lot of yeah. experience, but yeah, I'm going to bet him. No, no, I totally agree. And going into this one with the UFC, Rafa Garcia came into the company at 12 and unfortunately lost to Nasrat Hakras on his UFC debut. And that, that is a tough ask. And he, and he went the full distance with Nasrat, who was an experienced lightweight in the UFC. So you got to give uh, Rafa Garcia some sort of respect there. And with Chris, he's coming off of a loss to Alexander Hernandez uh, via TKO. So he's not in the best of form right now. I think in his last four fights, Chris has lost three, I believe, throughout yes, the last yes. four fights. So Rafa Garcia, although he's lost his last fight against Nasrat, he's a moderate favourite going into this one. And rightly so, I think he has the ability to, to sort of finish the fight however he wants. But as you said there, Garcia's fight time is, what, 15 minutes? I think the key to victory or the path to victory for Garcia on this one will probably just sort of keep the fight standing and keep you know keep control of the, the fighting proceedings and just sort of outpoint Chris and probably ultimately come away with the comfortable decision. So I'm in agreement with you. We're going to go for Rafa Garcia by decision on this one. All right. You're betting that one too, I assume. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's all I have. Mad Max out of the blue sent me a play he liked, and I don't know what he's seeing, but he likes Gloria DePaula to beat Cheyenne Bies. He take he took Gloria DePaula to win by decision. Plus he got plus 225. Really? Yeah. I was surprised by that. I mean, I'm not surprised yeah. by the decision because we know it's going to end in a decision for some reason. Yeah, your words, not mine. <laughs> you got a feel for um, this one? Do you do you, do you even know? No, I'm I'm going to go for for buyers' right decision on this one. I just I'm she's the favorite going in, and I'm saying she's the favorite. She's the slight favorite going into this one. Um, she came through the contender series. Via this decision win over Hillary Ross Rose, she lost in a UFC debut against Monset Ruiz. Cheyenne uh, buys, but you look at Gloria DePaul. She's had some UFC experience under her belt. She's been in the UFC already against Jun Yu Frey, and I just think personally, if you're using to if you're losing to Jun Yu Frey, 
I'm, <laughs> that doesn't sort of speak volumes and for you. And I'm probably going to lean towards Shane Byers with this one. Uh, it's going to be a close one. She's a slight favourite going into this one for a reason because it, when you look at both women matched up on paper, they're very, very close in terms of their ability and what they bring to the octagon. So, again, I'm probably going to lean towards a buys right decision on this one. Yeah, I'm, I, It's not going to be the best of fights to, to, to watch, personally. No, it's not. And I'll be hard-pressed not to end up betting buys, I bet, Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a feeling I'll end up taking that. Uh, so, but that's it. Yeah, that's all the picks Max has. I don't know why he 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 that's the hill, <laughs> he planted his flag on that hill. Good for him. All right. So, UFC Deluxe or Evans yep. Evans James? No, no. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Twitter <laughs> handles. Yeah, yeah, bloody Twitter. I'm always on it. Yeah, yeah. He's always on Twitter. Both follow, accounts. Yeah, follow either account. In yeah. Let's see what he's up to. He's always tweeting about something. I probably tweeted before this show on my personal anyway. So, yeah, I'm always on it. Literally, I'm obsessed with it. I think for, from a journalistic standpoint, uh, I see journalists use Twitter all the time. So, I think it, it's, for me personally, in this day and age, as a sporting fan, that's how I get my news updates. That's how I get my, like, transfer news. That's how I get, like, any sort of breaking news in the sporting world because most breaking news comes through Twitter. All you have to search is a hashtag, and insert name and again you're getting thousands of results in a second so i'm a big fan of twitter but yeah you just gotta be careful of what's real and what's legit and what's not (laughs) too much fake news as they say absolutely all right james (laughs) we we actually padded this out to like 28 minutes good job yeah we've done right for ourselves haven't we considering the circumstances oh god (laughs) get out of here take care mate Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owners, operators, or guests of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.